Welcome to Tech Leaders Hub, where we interview technical managers to ask them about their winning strategies, lessons learned, and actionable advice for other leaders. I'm your host, Jakub Greitzar. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Tech Leaders Hub. So happy to have you with us here today. Welcome to the show. And my guest today is Jakob Becker, CTO at investing.com. Jakob, how are you doing today? Hi, how are you? Uh, hello to everybody. Happy to be here with you. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Awesome. Very happy to have you here on the show today, Jakob. We have a very interesting topic lined up too about why you should skip team leads in your engineering org structure. I wonder what the um, opinions are going to be about that in the comments section. Jakob, I wanted to ask you, who do you hope is tuning in to this session? Who do you think is going to benefit from this conversation? What kind of person, what kind of role, and what kind of situation? Like, I think uh, one of the benefit uh, who can benefit is, is like uh, upper management or somebody who uh, is on his way to their uh, top uh, to uh, becoming CTO or other VP R&D or other position. Uh, it's also people that want to become team leads uh, and maybe also the team leads himself as everybody, like it's a different perspective on the topic and um, uh, many people find it not normally interesting and intriguing. Even. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned you had a talk about this topic at some point, right? Yeah, I had a talk on one of the co large conferences. Uh, the conference was called uh, Team Lead Conference. So it was uh, uh, the, the entire conference was about uh, how to help people to become team leads, how to grow better team leads, and so on. And then I come with the, this uh, notion of let's. Uh, remove the team list. So I thought maybe I will be kind of uh, killed at this conference, but it was, not, it was fine and people re was really interested in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you picked the perfect context to have a, a talk like that. And I'm, I'm very curious about, uh, obviously, you know, the, the points you were making there, which I, I assume some of it we're going to be covering here today as well. All right. Awesome. Thank you for answering the question of who do we hope, who, who you hope is tuning in. Definitely, I hope the target, the audience you just identified is tuning in and many more people besides. If there's one thing I know about Tech Leader Service that even if we were talking about, about like engineering leadership, this applies to leaders in broader context as well, this session, I think, especially. Very well. So speaking of the show, there is a tradition that we try to, uh, to stick to with each of our episodes, and that's the traditional Tech Leaders Hub question. Many podcasts and live streams take a long time to get to the point. We're trying to do things differently, and we're starting with a question where we can immediately deliver value. So before the main topic, before your background, Yaakov, let me ask you, what is your number one tip for tech leaders? So I don't know if number one, but I think it's an like, interesting tip that I really suggest you to skip deadlines. Uh, so if you uh, do everything possible not to put a deadline for your teams. So, because I think it is, it damages more than it brings value, and and general belief that deadlines somehow how push people for the better performance. But in my experience and view, it, maybe it, you can achieve it once or twice, but in general, uh, the the damage is uh, enormous. So. Uh, my tip is unless you absolutely must because you have client, you have external deadline, uh, then don't 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 do it. Uh, don't uh, use deadlines because there are many 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 reasons not to do it. Wow. Okay, that is an extremely interesting tip. Uh, we're gonna have to stay with this one uh, for a second. Yeah, oh, I have follow-up questions. So, so, so there are many yeah. many reasons. But first of first reason. Let's say you, you have a fake deadline. Everybody knows what it is like. Uh, there is there is no real deadline. Uh, you put a deadline because you want to push people uh, to spend more time at work. You want to them to work harder and so on. So uh, and then they definitely learn in in, 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 in you know at the end that mm, it wasn't real thing. So you can do it. Cannot do it twice. You can you 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 damage your um, you know trust. And people like developers, they're extremely 
smart people and and they they they, they know that next time you you cannot do the same trick uh, at least you cannot do it like three times in a row or at, at all another thing they if they understand they understand that they are measured by meeting the deadline so and they understand the simple thing okay if we if we miss the deadline we will be kind of i know punished or whatever uh and uh, and, and if we meet the deadline then great uh then then this is the main goal so they create a buffer um uh in order to meet the deadline in a you know relaxed manner so they add like say the, the normally this project product development whatever it should take let's say two months but they put in other months and uh, the, the a buffer because then they think okay this way we will not have a problem but of course you don't want it, but you have no, you, you cannot really control it. So you don't know how much time it will really take. So so the, so you you stay with the three uh, months uh, period, and as we all know, this time will be consumed at full, right? So uh, and, uh, and this is the first. But also the problem that it's there is a multiple buffers because like product will give you one buffer. And then, like it starts with development. Developers will say, "Ah, it takes two months, but we'll okay, we'll save three. And then, product manager he also knows that there is a deadline, so he knows about the development, and say, he say, "Okay, I will add another two weeks because on top of them, because I know them, they always, you know, I have problems with it. And then there is somebody else I don't know, delivery like DevOps guys or whoever. They say, mm, "I know this product guy," and I want to add my another two weeks. So you 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 end with four months, uh, you know, uh, uh, estimation. But as we always know, this entire month is eaten by developers because they know that at the at the beginning of the project that they they can be relaxed, so they can do other things. They can cover technical debt. They can do other project, whatever. Okay, and and the, the, because they understand that the real deadline is. Four months, and then everybody counts it four months, and, and 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 it doesn't help anybody. Like it's bad quality. It's four months. It's uh, it's it's a lot of problems. Okay, and um, uh, by putting these deadlines, you many times more than uh, vice versa. You delay projects. You create uh, poor quality uh, and uh, distrust. Because, like, of course, they invent things which are not real. You know that these things are not real, and like, you want to somehow to push them to to, to bring the real deadline. Oh, the, the whole story is very strange. Uh, while you can just ask them to work as uh, hard as possible and to release as sooner as possible, and and measure mm -hmm. this, and uh, and then people really much more engaged and, and trustful and there is a better atmosphere in, in the company. Wow. Okay. So, super interesting. You really knew what, what to start with here. I'm hooked on this and I, I'm tempted to add one more question before we move on. Okay. So oh, skip deadlines. We, we certainly did not have an answer like that before. So thank you for adding that in. So what you're saying as an alternative is to ask them to just try to finish a certain part of the work, finish a project just as soon as they are able. Do you think that's a viable alternative? And also how does that factor into, yeah. like how does that take into account when you have like, for example, multiple projects? So you, you still prioritize, but you don't do deadlines or how does that exactly work? So first, I think having multiple something is very good. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's another common belief that, okay, we can squeeze 10 projects into one team or, or whatever. And then from the management perspective, oh, we did our job, like we, everybody happy. So because we know this team is actually work, is working on these projects and uh, we, we want to believe that uh, everything will be fine. But it is not fine, of course, because you cannot do 10 projects together, like in simultaneously. And uh, so I, I think this simple rule of uh, work in progress is really works. Like you should limit uh, concurrent work uh, as much as you can, and and if it's possible to to have one project, then put it as like do something, finish it, and go to the next one. Don't try to 
to run in, in parallel a lot of things. It's uh, it's another another illusion. Like like I think there are a lot of illusions. Like deadlines, I think it's one illusion. The, the running several projects simultaneously is another illusion, and uh, we should somehow not stop doing. Okay, understood. Okay, so. To the best of uh, the team's ability, one project running at one time and without a deadline, but more so just asking yourselves, okay, how quickly can we get this done? I can imagine it might also affect like the ambition of the team, right? Okay, instead of having this deadline that's kind of forced on us, it's more like, okay, how fast, if we focus and we don't have anything else on our plate, how fast can we get it done while maintaining quality? And I can imagine that makes them take more ownership potentially am i am i feeling yes, ownership right, it's also trust it's also respect like you actually uh -huh. respect people you say guys i respect you i trust you i know that you're here not to you know to, you want to be the best and and uh, so i don't want to put artificial deadlines and 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 from outside or depend demand it from you like okay so like i want to you to commit every sprint which is all kind of I think fine. Like you, we 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 can work on sprint basis, which is one week or two week, two weeks time. So yeah, we kind of want teams to commit uh, to something. But speaking about larger things, it can be undefined. And and so everybody just share this uh, notion of yes, we want to be great and we want to release it faster while maintaining quality. This is yeah, it's important part. But yeah, okay. Uh, okay. All right, all right. So that that's huge. You know, I I don't usually say this long on the number one tip part, but you mentioned something so interesting. I had to dig a little bit deeper into that. Thank you for sharing all of that. We'll put a pin in this for now. Definitely, dear watchers and listeners, if you have comments about this, look, we're here for you. We have a main topic for today. But if there's anything else you're curious about from the things that Yakov mentions, or you know, anything that that's that he might answer for you then just use that time, it's for you. The comments section is open. Speaking of which, Michal in the comments said just a few minutes back, sorry, I'm only mentioning this now, hello, interesting topic to listen to. So at least some people wanna hear about the topic of the session. We'll get to that in just a sec. Uh, before that, well, you just shared a very interesting tip and gave some very strong arguments for it, if I'm honest. So can you tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself at this point? Who it is, it is sharing this uh, this knowledge about yourself, about investing.com, and briefly about your history before we move on? Yeah, I am a CTO of uh, I'm CTO of investing.com. Uh, investing.com is the international portal for uh, financial news, uh, uh, data analytics, and tools. So you, it's absolutely free. Like you, you can go to the website, or even better to to download the iOS or Android apps, and you will find any stock, bond, uh, uh, currency pair, ETF that exists on this planet. Like we have more than three hundred thousand instruments. So you can uh, the, the 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 story of the company that, that like uh, of the product that you 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 can uh, create your watch list or you create your portfolio uh, and the holdings and 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 monitor the stock or and the industries that you are interested in you can trade with us we are not brokerage house but uh, this makes us uh, like independent and uh, from the you know uh, client perspective we don't give advices we don't uh, uh, care if you trade a lot or you care uh, you trade uh, you don't trade at all uh, so then um, so so by using our product you can learn about uh, financial markets about crypto like everything that uh, moves mm -hmm. uh, Okay. Okay. So that's about the company. Now, can you tell me, I mean, the role of CTO, right? It can have many different variants, many different flavors. It means different things for different people. How do you usually define your role? Yeah, my role, and uh, I think um, it's important to understand that it, this is my perspective also. Uh, I, 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 last, uh, I used to have a startup, my own startup. And uh, after this, was I sold the startup to a large um, company. And after this, I I worked at three places. This is my third one. And actually, I manage um, the entire process, like from product uh, 
to development, QA, and um, you know, DevOps and production and everything. So, and uh, all three companies are product companies, meaning that we are not like outsourcing development or project development. We own our own prod- product, uh, and actually, it's B two C product, product uh, in all three um, mm-hmm. cases. And maybe in the second case is like B two B and B two C, but um, but we, we have a lot of clients, millions millions of clients uh, at investing. Um, uh, so so for the last ten years, yes, uh, I've been managing uh, teams of more than uh, 100, 150 people. Uh, actually, uh, spread uh, over the Eastern Europe uh, in Israel, Israel and Eastern Europe. Okay, yeah. So that's obviously very impressive, and it's a very uh, it, it's hard to get that experience, right? 100, 150 people doesn't happen very, very often. So all the better that you can give us a little bit of your time on this show and share your experience. So one last question before, uh, I mean, this is a question I heard recently that really resonated with me. I thought I would get your answer to before we move on to the main topic of the session. Uh, Given what you do, your role and the company that you work for, what do you love the most about your work and your job? I I personally, but it's me like there. I mostly love two things, like achieving the goals of the company, like releasing some cool products or features and uh, stuff, uh, and uh, that brings value to clients and to us as, as a company. Um, I'm really excited when, when clients say, uh, I'm really excited like when clients say, well, it's a cool thing, and we really appreciate it. And um, uh, the other thing, I, I love seeing people growing. And maybe this is also related to Teamless, not Teamless, but um, I really, really, we invest, we invest a lot of, you know, uh, training in, um, in, in, in people's uh, career passes and uh, people's, mm-hmm. um, you know, growth uh, in general. Uh, so uh, so I, I really enjoy some junior developer becoming like an architect or some, this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's super rewarding. As a manager myself, I can definitely say that's one of the best feelings in, in the job. When you see somebody gaining new skills, taking on new roles, it's amazing. Right. Thanks for answering that. And now uh, I think it's high time that we got to the main topic of our session. So as a reminder, or if anybody's tuning in late, well, hello, nice of you to join us. Uh, the topic is why you should skip team needs in your engineering org structure, or at least consider that. I was wondering where we could start this conversation. Maybe let me start by asking, when was the first time that this thought actually kind of showed up in your mind that there might be a different way that team leads can be skipped? Can you tell me what was happening back then when you first thought of this? Yeah, I, back then I, I I worked in a large brokerage house and I, um, I just uh, has become a CTO and uh, we had like, uh, like 30, 35 people, and uh, and we had plans to grow it very fast. Like we, we were supposed to create a new uh, uh, product, and we were supposed to hire like uh, one hundred people in uh, one or two years. And uh, um, so, actually, I went to the uh, QCon conference in London. So, if somebody uh, if, if you don't know, then the, the, this is a great conference, uh, QCon. It is in London and in, in San Francisco. And um, there is also, the, so, so it's a very nice conference. And uh, I went to the uh, workshop about architecture because I also was an architect back then. And so I, I was sitting on this architectural talk and uh, and the, the, the host asked us as an exercise, to to uh, to create uh, some pro- product uh, and uh, he asked um, guys please let me, how would you organize uh, the, these three or four teams then you need to 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 build for to uh, to create this product and and then generally you go with backend front end and other stuff and uh, so. I said, uh, yeah, I, I would create backend team, a front-end team, and some other team, I don't mobile team, and I would put um, 
uh, team lead here and here and here, and uh, and so on. And then uh, the, there was some pers- a guy from Germany, and he said, no, uh, I would do it differently. Uh, and then I, I would create teamless uh, self-organizing teams, and I will uh, do it uh, in other fashion, like uh, feature teams. Uh, there is no back-end, front-end, and uh, mobile. I will separate product by feature set and uh, create these three teams. And it was very, so surprising for me that I, we, we entered into an into, you know, argument. And I asked him, how can it be? Like, uh, uh, how the team or your team can manage itself? Uh, and I thought he kind of illusionary. Like, like for me, it was an illusion. It was impossible thing. It was uh, something that maybe sounds possible, but in reality, you cannot do it. And so it's something uh, then maybe some play, people plays with it, but it's not related mm-hmm. to serious work. It was some very, very strange. So, so I argued with him for like 30 minutes. Okay. And then I, yeah, and then I I, we, I came back to Israel, and uh, I started to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Back then, like at this moment, I, I thought that I'm absolutely right. Like it is, it can be done. It is, it is impossible. And and then I thought about, and I I started to do research about Spotify and other uh, companies that do this, and I started to think, and then all of a sudden I realized. A very simple thing. I, I realized. I asked the question: Who need the team lead? Okay, who need the team lead? Who 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 this person who who so much need the team lead? And then I answered: It's me, as a CTO, because I need somebody who can provide me with the status. I need somebody to give him tasks. I need somebody that he's ultimately responsible for everything from hiring to, so it, it makes my life very easy uh, because if, if there is a problem, then I can, I know who to speak with. If there is a, I don't know, production incident, I know what to do. I need to, to go to this, uh, I don't know, Pavel and tell him, Pavel, uh, you need to fix it. If uh, we need to hire, I need, and I don't I know who is my hiring manager and so on. Like everything is absolutely clear. But then I asked myself, like the team, are they really, is it in their interest? Like, and, and, and I thought about myself as a team member. Suppose I'm a team member. Do I need a team lead? I thought, no, I don't need the team lead. Because because, like, I'm a senior developer. I know what to do. Like, uh, why should I have this manager who tells me what to do and and tell me that you you will do this task and you will do this task and you this sprint you will do this task? Like, why I can And I remember myself being a senior developer, and I remember that I, on some point, I I thought about my team lead. Like, why do I need him at all? Like, well, what is the why cannot we just sit together and um, and then I, I give normally this example on their conference, let's say, like every like let's say you are four guys that you need to do something. I don't know, maybe do some uh, payment. You, you need to pay a wall in the office. you you given a, 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 or do something like this, okay? Will you really uh, um, uh, decide that one of you will be a team lead? I think I think no. Like it's absolutely insane. Like like you are four guys who need to do something. I don't know. Let's go with the. You need to prepare a picnic. So maybe some of you will do do some organizational stuff, but you will not pick them as the manager or your manager. Okay. Maybe he will be, 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 be responsible for orchestration and facilitation. I don't know what. And somebody will bring food and somebody will cook and somebody will do something else. And somebody will come with the car. But no, n- normal people in this situation, they, they, they don't 
thinking in a way, okay, we need a manager to, to do it, okay? They somehow manage to do it without the manager. So, and then I started to experiment with this. So I, I, I just take, took a team, new team without team lead, and I uh, asked them to self-organize. And apparently it wasn't so hard. And what I have seen since that these teams are much happier, have uh, better performance, they have um, larger involvement and uh, everything because there is no the single point of responsibility, ownership, and um, everything which is team lead. Everybody on the team, they feel this responsibility. Another thing, another point is to say, okay, who is the team lead in reality? Okay. So in the reality, if I ask you, for example, who is uh, generally becomes a team lead, a new team? You have mm -hmm. a team, there is some situation, maybe somebody left or it's a new team as a manager who we appoint as a, as a team lead. Okay. Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Okay. I would say... Well, often it's the situation that it's somebody who has the biggest seniority in the sense that they have been at the company, for example, the longest in the organization, the longest. And sometimes it's based on if somebody, and I, I kind of, I think I can see where you're going with this. If somebody is a very skilled individual contributor, then okay, yeah. you become team lead and teach the rest. That's typical. Yeah, Am I on yeah. the right track here? It's, it's, it's almost the only way. Okay. This is not typical it's nobody really think yeah he has a management skills he's good yeah. with the people he have very soft skills no because it's impossible you have four or five people you need to pick the best developer and this best developer in most cases was the most senior maybe he has uh, wasn't with the company most of the time he's uh, yeah most uh, seasonal and but he is the best. they need to respect him because like Developers respect somebody as a manager who are who is they know that he's a great developer. Okay. So you actually take the best developer out of these five guys and say he is a team lead. So, but he is not. He like maybe he is excited because it's a promotion for him and he's like mm -hmm. uh, understand there is a like money, uh it's a salary raise. And it's a uh, it's a great way to go forward. And maybe he wants to become a CTO some, one day. And he understands that going through this uh, company ladder is 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 the only way. Many times because uh, so uh, so he, he's happy, but he has has absolutely no experience. And now he all of a sudden he is responsible for all the bugs, for all the planning, for all the architecture, all the design. Uh, he's um, um, he's a contact point for the management, and sometimes he's not ready because he's uh, he don't know how to be be the a contact point, um, and um, he don't know about uh, incident management, and he don't know how to manage people, and 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 everything. But we kind of expect from him to do all this stuff, and then of course. We have problems. For example, uh, something uh, we have issues with the team's delivery quality and everything. And this person tends to do wrong things. Like, for example, uh, just uh, because he is the best developer, he starts to, uh, to write the entire code by himself, or at least mm -hmm. the most important part of the code by himself, because he yeah. cannot trust other people. He, you don't know how to delegate. Delegation is very. You, people study delegation for years, like, and he has only one month, so, so he needs to. So instead of delegating stuff, uh, he actually starts um, writing the entire code by himself. He um, mm -hmm. he cannot really m m mentor people because he has no time to mentor people. He needs to deliver. Uh, there is an incident at, at, at 12 p, uh, p.m. or 1 a.m. Uh, I don't know, uh, 
time. And everybody like management expects from him to, to raise and to solve it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and um, he becomes very nervous. And, and, um, and then, uh, and, and then he leaves because, because it's practically impossible to, 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 to do a reversal. Like you put something, somebody on the team lead position. And after, let's say one, six months, we all found out that it was a mistake. Right. And then right. you can go come to this person and say, you know, uh, you're so great. We want to, you to stay with us, but we go back to the become a regular developer and we will put somebody instead. Like in 99% or 90% of these cases, this person leaves the company. And mm -hmm. when he leaves the company and uh, you don't have a team lead, and, yeah. and also because you promoted the most senior developer, you also lost your most senior developer, the most talented yeah, it's, developer. Yeah, right? I, 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 I left it at the end, like uh, to the end. Like, and I think that for the any CTO, he needs to understand that he just took eighty percent of his best developers and asked them not to write code. Because the right thing for the team lead is stop writing the code, right? Like, or at least yeah. to reduce it significantly because now he has so many different um, roles uh, that he needs to coach people and uh, do the code review with others and design and and uh, speak with the other teams and be and speak with the product and speak with made sometimes even with the clients. So. And there is a management meetings and, 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 and hiring and firing and budget. And so he stops writing the code and you, exactly. he's the best. And your 20% of the best workforce, they don't write code. And I think this, this is the, even one reason that you should avoid uh, uh, having a team lead because the team lead is the best yeah. developer and the best developer doesn't write code. But yeah. again, there are so many reasons why it is so hard to raise a good team lead. So you have two paths. Mm -hmm. First is, let's say, uh, typical and um, uh, class classic path is to invest in the team lead and make sure that he be becomes really good manager. It's everybody, I think the, the entire industry with the team leads, like companies with the team, they do this. They invest a lot in, in, in these guys, making sure that they are great managers. It's, a, it's possible. I don't say that it's not possible, but it's a huge investment. It's a huge yeah. work and it, it costs a lot. Okay. And for example, when these team leads leave the company, theoretically, you should have the replacement in the team. Practically, it never happens. Because he is not so great, amazing manager to, to, to make sure that he... That he has he a good replacement. Uh, a replacement, okay? So yeah, it, it, okay. it's hard to do on this level. Like on the CTO level, you can do it. On the, on the team lead level, it's it's much harder. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So this, so I came to conclusion, guys. Maybe we don't need a team lead. We need self-organizing teams with product okay. owners, with developers, QA, and DevOps, which work together. And um, each one has its own role. For example, product owner is responsible for creating backlog prioritization and so on. Developers responsible and for the Yakov. If I may, uh, I would like to stop you for just a second here. We had two comments in the meantime that I would like to address, and I feel like we're yeah. at the right time to address it. Although what you just said and all the arguments you gave, they really resonate with me. Okay, but Michal in the comments has got two uh, questions. I'm going to show the question, read it out loud uh, so that it gets saved in the recording because we turn it into a podcast later. And then okay. we'll address them. Okay, so Michal, the wait is over. Let me just read it out loud first. Uh, so first question, what if the development team argues over what technology they should use? In a self-organizing team, who should decide? Okay, it's a very good question. Thank you. Like, 
we still, I, I, I missed something, and it's important to understand, we still have managers. Like, there mm-hmm. is not that we don't have managers, they are just not team leads. So, for example, I, currently I have a R&D organization with um, 60 developers, let's say 15, 17 key testers, like the same number of DevOps and um, like 15 product owners and, and other people, designers and that sense. So, so each of these, uh, um, let's say, professions like DevOps, uh, uh, QA and uh, the developer, they have their own functional managers because somebody needs to hire people, coach people, uh, fire people, and other. So I have right now three directors, which are R&D directors, okay, development directors. They are very good uh, development manager. Each one of them managed 20 people, but they manage people, not teams, okay? This is the difference. So they don't manage a team, and don't, they don't say to the team, do this and don't do this, but they are available for the teams. So what, uh, it like, this servant leadership goes very well with the self-organizing. So we are leadership, we are management. Our main objective is to help teams to do their job, not to tell them what to do and how to do it, but but to help them. So returning to this uh, question, let's, let's team, they argue about what technology should we use? Should we take MongoDB or should we, we stay with the MySQL? And MongoDB is so cool and it's not only cool, but it's really so good suited for, for the cause. And there is an argument. First of all, good team can finally actually come to some conclusion by themselves because if they have mutual respect, respect and everything, and you should understand that in any team, there are leaders. Like you have five developers, two of them are more senior and three of them less senior. So this less senior naturally listen to the senior guys, okay? It, it, it happens all the time. But let's say in the, in, in the situation that they cannot come to conclusion by themselves, they, they have a, a help from the, their functional manager. So the functional director come to them and say, guys, yeah, you understand you have kind of, a, I need, like, my role is to help you to decide. And uh, yeah, and so he helped them to decide by sometimes just deciding for them. It's not democracy, okay? It's not, let's agree that this self-organizing team is not like, meaning that there is no management and there's no structure and no nothing, okay? So, so, so this, uh, my role as CTO is example also to make uh, sure that, for example, like large things, uh, should we, every team has its own uh, tools or, uh, and for example, uh, Linux uh, distribution, which they love, or should we have only one? And, um, and because it's, uh, there are advantages and disadvantages in, in both approaches, okay? So, it's kind of company policy that it's my role to to finally to make it. So mm-hmm. it's my at the end uh, I decide. Uh, okay, we will we will run only on CentOS and and that's it. And guys, it's my okay. decision. Uh, Interesting. I I love how you put it into words, actually, because you know sometimes even at a CX or during onboarding, I mean, it's, it's no secret that CTOs are often our clients. So part of what I do when new people join is I talk about the role of CTO and what it entails. And I love how you put it into words that okay, teams or managers might make decisions about like individual projects, but when it comes to company policy. That's where the CTO comes in because it affects the whole organization. I love that. I'm going to use that in the future. So, okay, uh, let's see. We had this question from Michal. We hope it was addressed to your satisfaction. If you have a follow-up, certainly uh, do that. I had a question about functional managers, actually. By functional managers, do you mean that it's this is like the director of QA, director of DevOps, and they take like one parts or you know one type of role is under their supervision or is it more that you have one director per x amount of people because i didn't understand the functional manager yeah 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 exactly. like, in case of normally the qa organization is smaller so i believe mm-hmm. one manager can manage up to 15 maybe 
if if this scratched 70 people okay so mm -hmm. what is his role is his role is actually to provide them help hire people sometimes help teams to fire people because it's in this um structure it is hard to fire people because the team itself even if they know that somebody needs to not to be uh, to, to be laid off but but they, it's hard to them to do it because they they just peers so we, we help them to, to to do it and um uh, so for example i have a qa manager who manages his qa organization he might have a, a director for example for automation like in 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 our particular case right now i have a, a vp testing like okay and he has director of automation so uh, and so so together they they provide the service for uh, their team and um, for example they are responsible for the quarterly review process evaluation and our quarterly review is is um, tuned toward uh, uh, personal growth okay so like they discuss with each and every uh, developer or tester his plans for his personal growth and build plans for him and I actually help them to um, to go through this plan. Okay, so this is the role of, of uh, oh, he may decide we go with uh, which create tools that we go with, okay? So the, the, this is a discussion of, on, on his level. Uh, and uh, again, we have development manager, we have a product uh, man, uh, Product manager, head of product, uh, in exactly the same structure. R&D is just larger, and this way we understood that we one person cannot manage sixty people. So, so I have VP R&D who who manages the and and he has three directors, which everyone manages uh, twenty developers, and they. Uh, this is a like functional thing. One manage mobile because he is a mobile. Or, uh, developer himself, another manage, let's say, uh, for example, backend and frontend. Okay, but not mm -hmm. okay. the teams. Okay, I see. I see. Okay, so the functional managers. Okay, so that that answers my question definitely. It, it's like they are mapped to certain functions, like director of QA, etc. But if there's too many of people in a certain function, then you kind of duplicate. Them yeah, all yeah. Can you just to... you can scale scale this function. Uh, yeah. Uh, at this level, but you don't scale it as uh, uh, in the classic way when you have teams and team teams leads and they have group leads and they have above the group leads another group leads and so on. Yeah. You, you, okay. This are, it's not hierarchical uh, structure. Understood. Understood. Okay. Thank you uh, for uh, contributing that. Then, so now we have actually a second question from Michal before we move on to the to rest mm -hmm. or to other questions that might pop mm -hmm. up in the meantime. I'm not against that. Give us more questions. That's no problem. So Michal's second question is, second thing, if not the team lead, then who from the team should be the first contact to the CTO, for example? I'm actually curious, given everything you said so far, okay, probably the first contact of the CTO is going to be like the manager or the director. But what about... You know, between the manager and the team, who is the first point of contact? So I'm curious about all of this, actually. Yeah, and, and in fact, it is not like your uh, intuition is a little bit wrong because my okay, I see. And why? Because the team consists of um, many people, like DevOps, QA, several developers, and they all report to different functional managers. So for me, going to functional manager is absolutely use useless because like it's only one or two people they manage inside this team. So, uh -huh. so instead, let's ask the question, uh, what is the first contact about what? Mm -hmm. Like if we ask about, okay, uh, yesterday we had an incident and I want to ask uh, what happened. So then normally I cast the entire team. I just in Slack, I, 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 I wrote, we have an entire team and, and I say, guys, we had an incident and uh, uh, I suppose you had a retro already, so please explain me what happened. Or maybe there is an incident right now 
and we need to bring somebody. And who we bring? We bring the entire team. We don't bring one person, okay? We, we, we bring the entire team. So the team, they, they, they know who, who should come, okay? Because they understand that they don't need to come everybody. Like they understand that one of the QA and maybe it depends on, on the team. Like there is a, there is a, because it's the team, many times are functional teams, like they have a, mobile developers and the backend developers in the same team and this is backend incident so so the the, the backend developer comes to the incident and and um, so they know by themselves because they have sense of ownership and sense of responsibility they they with the time they know who needs to provide the, this answer another important role uh, is the product owner so the product owner is is, the, is, is sometimes elite, you can think about as a team lead, but he is not actually the team lead because he doesn't manage people. He doesn't hire, he doesn't uh, give them the raise or bonuses and nothing. Okay. So, but his role is very important because actually he, he, he creates a, a backlog. He creates some kind of prioritization together with the team, but still he's a, like, I think every team, has elite leaders okay so the product owner is as i always explain to them like you are leader by definition if you 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 is you must be leader must be leader product owner cannot be just a product owner he must own the, the leadership for for the other person on the team you you may be you may not be like if you a leader and you take this responsibility on you, we uh, recognize it and we appreciate it. If you don't, then fine. Okay. So successful teams, they have normally like at least three guys who are really represent them. So, okay. so from my point of view, I know who to go to, to the team. So I know they by name. I, I know that I have a product owner and I, I know this developer. Which is always raised to the, uh, you know, to the uh, and, and answer questions. And I have this QA guy who also is very, very uh, important. Like, of course, you have Scrum Master, and uh, it's also like an informal leadership role. So, uh, so, so, yeah. So, so that's what I'm hearing. It's it's more in the favor of informal leadership and people kind of choosing to be leaders to the to the extent that it makes sense for them, showing their own initiative. Again, it, it brings to my mind this this is something that's kind of that they choose and reach out for instead of being imposed exactly. on them. And it's also interesting. They provide them interesting flexibility because when you team lead, you are team lead. You cannot be. It, it is impossible that you you are team lead this quarter and you are not team lead next quarter. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you great developer, so this quarter you really, really, really want to take more on yourself. You want to be, become my point of contact and many things. Okay, you want to speak with the clients and you to promote. And next quarter, for some reason, I don't want to be family stuff. Maybe I don't know what you want to to be. To have a little bit quieter life, okay. So you can allow we allow this, like you. And I see a lot of uh, examples. I see people like shine on one quarter and another quarter. I see what what happens to him, and then we find out that there is a reason why he's why he has become a little, you know, less active because, like, it his it, his decision. And they know that we appreciate, we, 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 we actually, uh, our bonus structure is built on, on your activity and everything, but but it's not like a, a must. You can, you can, if you want, like, like for example, you know, this, these days uh, with war and everything, people uh, were on a move uh, many times. And uh, depending, uh, so sometimes, when people on the move, they, they they just cannot be leaders. It's it's impossible. They, they want to be supported, so somebody else on the team can, uh, from Israel, for example, can be a leader mm -hmm. during this time, and he and give them quiet time while while he moves with his family, open bank accounts, and all this crazy stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. so uh, so so it's uh, it provides flexibility and uh, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
what I like about this in trying to envision it is that it not only spreads the responsibility a little bit more evenly, but it also gives everybody an opportunity to try their hand at leadership, to actually start gaining these skills in a more organic way instead of, you know, from one day to another, okay, you're a leader now, which, so that's what I really like about this approach. And I had two more follow-up questions and I have a feeling we'll be like near the end of the session, which is incredible to me that it went so fast. So one question was about the product owners. So if there isn't a team lead kind of above them in the structure, how do the, and and maybe I'm asking a super basic question, apologies if so, but I'm still going to ask it. How do the product owners know how to prioritize the backlog? Where do they get this input from? Is it from the, in this case, like director of product or VP of of product somehow, or how is that? Normally, yes, from from there. Like main prioritization comes from their uh, business needs. Okay. So Mm -hmm. business needs are represented by director of product by in, in our case by myself because I'm kind of CTO that manage products as well but it doesn't it is not so critical uh, I mean I yeah there is a business need but also there is a technology need which you should combine sometimes so so yes we, we sit together with the team and and discuss okay the prioritization because uh, like 70 80 percent it's a product prioritization but 80 percent it's um, it's technological prioritization. Like for example, right. we, we cannot leave the technical debt uh, unfair, and like uh, and or, or or we we should uh, first do something uh, preparation on technological side, and on this end we can do features on uh, all kind of stuff. So, so. And, and actually, so how are these decisions made? Because you've got the product owner, and you know they discussed with the director of product. Let's say, okay, this is important for the business. Then you've got the technical people on the same team. They discussed with their functional manager. On the tech side, what's important? How do you decide that, okay, this time around, we're going to do like 80% focus on product, 20% yeah, on but tech? You, you should understand that the main unit is team and not everything else. Yeah. It's not okay. so every, the, the entire structure that the, the entire structure, other people like managers, product director, they, their role is to help the team to take right decisions, not vice versa. Okay. So, the, so okay. we, we say to the team guys, Please come with the plan, and and if you struggle because you are not so senior, and we are more senior, and we we, we have more experience, we will help you with with the plan. But we expect the team to to come with the plan, and 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 then this culture of collaboration. When people come to the company, they understand that product owner shouldn't fight with the development because there is always they. And us, right? And in many companies, us, we are developers and they are product. And here, the, us is a team number one and it's us. And they, there's another team. There is also, there is they and us uh, problem. But it, from my point of view, it's a smaller problem because uh, you cannot avoid it because it, it's always in, it's in human nature to say this is we and this is somebody else, okay? And we are good and they are not so good. But but we is a team. It's not the developers, the QA, the DevOps. No, no. The, the main team, the main team you are belong to is your team. So you don't okay. argue with your product owner because it's like you are together yeah. to solve problems. Yeah. And, and you may argue with other team because they provide you, I, I don't know, with the backend API and you consume it. And uh, okay, so, 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 so our like crisis management or conflict uh, are more between teams and not between be, be inside the team. I understand. Okay, so it's well, basically what we've arrived at is the teams are cross-functional. It's it's cross-functional self-organizing team feature feature team in most cases feature not 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 every time. Okay. Okay. Wow. And I think you've you've shown a whole range of beautiful arguments here that show that this approach can work out very well. And I have to say, you know, certainly I had some ideas in mind of what about this, what about that scenario. You've had an answer for everything thus far. So I'm, I'm really believing the, the vision that you set out here very well. And we've got like five minutes on the clock left. Look, 
final question about the topic. Is there anything else that you wanted to add here that I failed to ask about and you would like to throw in before we start saying our goodbyes? Yeah, I, I should say that while I really believe in it, I, there, is a, there are limitations of this approach. And, and, and for example, if you have a lot of junior developers, Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that more than one junior per team can survive in this structure because because if you have like uh, three juniors so entire development is junior developers you, you, your firm is built on in this paradigm then you need to have a team lead who is actually the mentor and the coach and everything okay so so I don't think it's possible it's it's also uh, senior people tend to learn how to work together and junior people it's harder for them okay so i think having one junior you we can allow per team but not more uh, if you grow very fast like you you, you create team like you need to create 20 teams next month because like your company goes up and it's very hard to create 20 uh self-organizing teams because it, it it you spend like six months creating the team like it's it's a lot of work. It, the, the team doesn't it, it doesn't work from the first sprint. Okay, so it takes at least several months uh, in management attention. So people connect one to the other, trust one, respect uh, one the other, and and works. So of course it is easier to create team with the team lead. And if you need to create twenty teams, just you don't have time. For this, or if you're in a crisis, like everything is absolutely bad, okay. So you're in a huge crisis. You need a full control from the top to the bottom by CTO. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. Uh, yeah, it's also impossible to to have a self-organizing team. It, it will not work, okay. But in a like in a peacetime. Uh, it, it works in a peacetime, in relatively stable situation when you don't create, like you don't multiply your size, company size every six months, and you don't have a lot of juniors. I think it's the best uh, structure. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for adding that. Certainly, that must have been a question on people's minds. Like, when does it not work? Because there's no silver bullet. There's no one size fits all solution. Yeah, thank you for adding that. Yeah, and. Well, that brings us basically to the end of our session. It, it, okay, well, yes. Time flies, yes. Yeah, it does, it does. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you at the end, first of all, I wanted to thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared today. It was amazing to listen to you, honestly, and very inspiring. So at the end of this session, do you, do you have any announcements for our audience? Do you need to, to go somewhere, click somewhere, apply anything that you would like to share? No, I really think that these days uh, more and more people want to become self, uh, to manage their money by themselves and not to give them to somebody else. And I think investing.com is a great place to start. Like you, there is, this is free and lots of information. So I really encourage you to, to, to download the apps and go to the website and, and enjoy the free tools that uh, are there and, uh, and think about how can you, you know, manage your money by yourself. Uh, and uh, have all this is advice and uh, instruments and tools and data for you. Okay, awesome. So your watchers and listeners go to investing.com to learn more about that. In the meantime, maybe some of you are learning about STX Next, the company that is bringing you Tech Leaders Hub for the first time. If you are learning about us for the first time, very briefly, what we do is we help companies build products and build software in general. So if you want to build software faster and better, if your tech stack is based on Python, JavaScript, .NET, and you're looking for a partner that can give you basically end-to-end development from design through development to deployment with machine learning, DevOps, data engineering, whatever else you might need on top, then we can be a great partner for you for that. SDXnext.com is where you can go to find out more about that. For more Tech Leaders Hub, go to techleadershub.com. The best way to actually stay in touch with us is just to follow STX Next on LinkedIn. This is where we stream the most. This is where we post the most. We are also sharing posts from different people around STX Next who are worth following, uh, including actually our, our, our new CEO, Ronald Binkowski, who just joined in January. So you might want to check that out uh, by following STX Next. Last but certainly not least, 
if you are a CTO listening to this or you know a CTO uh, <laughs> that, that you might send something to, we are currently running the 2023 Global CTO Survey. Go to thectosurvey.com. That's thectosurvey.com to fill out the survey. We're still collecting responses. We will be for a few weeks, but it's going to be closing soon. So please give us your response so we can prepare a very insightful report for CTOs around the world. And phew, that was like three pitches <laughs> one after the other. But I hope some of you are going to understand, are going to remember that and going to do these things. Thank you ever so much. It really helps my KPIs. <laughs> okay. So, um, Yakov, thank you again so much for attending Tech Leaders Hub, for being our first guest in 2023, actually. I should have started with that. Uh, and everybody else, watchers and listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. We have another one coming up same time next week. Check out SDX Next on LinkedIn and you'll find the events there. And that's it for me. Um, Jakob, anything else to add before we go offline? Yes, it was great to be there. Jakob, thank you very much. And uh, sure. yeah, it was a very, very, very interesting session. Yeah, it was a pleasure, certainly. Okay, everybody. So we'll see you in a week. In the meantime, take care, everyone. And yeah, let's see each other then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Leaders Hub. If you want more advice that will make you a better technical leader, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Tech Leaders Hub sessions are usually streamed live, giving you the opportunity to get answers to your burning questions directly from our guests. To take part in Tech Leaders Hub Live, follow STX Next on LinkedIn and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. That's S-T-X-N-E-X-T. Last but not least, we invite you to join our community and continue the discussion on Facebook. Just search for Tech Leaders Hub and you'll find our dedicated Facebook group. Once again, thanks for listening. Really glad you could join us. Hope we'll see you in the next one.